You're now listening to Voices Rising Press Podcast. I'm Shelly. And I'm Sarah. We are two writers, mamas, and soul sisters who created this space for personal growth, fellow writers, and people who aspire to live an open-hearted, authentic life. Every Wednesday morning, we put out a new podcast episode and talk about life, parenting, writing, books, current events, upcoming publications. We interview fellow authors and so much more. We are more than just a publishing company. We strive to be a community of connected, creative, real people who speak our truth. We appreciate all of you listeners and are always looking for new suggestions and ideas. Please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know more about what you are interested in hearing. Welcome to our book club. Today we are reviewing Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, Creative Living Beyond Fear. Hmm, I feel like right away, let's talk about the book cover. How lovely is the book cover? I know, it looks kind of like this explosion of paint and glitter or something. Yeah, in chalk. And then yeah. I love how on the magic there's like this explosion of like, yeah, it's very cool. And I love the title. I know a lot of people would be detoured by the word magic. I love magic. I love Harry Potter. <laughs> I yeah. love things. I love that. And I think it's imp- like the magic is she's saying creativity is magic. There's no mm-hmm. scientific reason for it. It's just like we have to look at it as this magical thing to really understand it. And I agree 100% with what mm-hmm. she says about that. Do love how this is how I guess this would be a great question. It's like, how would you sum up this book to someone who hasn't read it? Which I've done several times. I've actually read this book. Not read it. I've actually listened to it more times than I can count. And I always depict it as, it's like, so it's creative living beyond fear. And there's, what is it? Like creativity or ideas are like these things of the universe. And they're just, I almost like imagine these like floating particles in the sky. And they're just waiting for the right person and the right timing or frequency or whatever you want to call it to align with. So it's like those moments. Well, so it's like, yes. So she says it the way it like is that these ideas want to be in the world, but they don't have physical bodies Mm. and physical voices. They don't have a way to express it. So they need us, the artists, the musicians, the, the creative people, the writers to embody their ideas and put them out into the world. I think of them as almost like these little sprites or spirits that mm-hmm. they have this spark of joy and beauty that they want to share, but they've got no no home, no body to put it out with into the world. So they have to sort of inhabit us. Well, also these ideas are just ideas if they're not put into action. So right. she talks about too how people will be like, that's my invention. Or how Elizabeth Gilbert was sharing. She's also the author of her beautiful memoir, Eat, Pray, Love, who Sarah was just saying she always thinks of Juliet Roberts. I know. <laughs> because she plays, plays well, by Well, I Julia saw Roberts. the movie, and now I picture Elizabeth Gilbert as Julia Roberts, even though I know that's, so funny. That that's not true. And I have yes. to keep saying to myself, like, don't picture her as Julia is. Roberts. Well, and how, but, she was sharing how she would have these mega book signings because she had written many books before eat pray love but that was her big one that just like blew up big time and during book signings she had people who were either like oh my gosh you wrote my story of my life i loved your book or some people were saying you wrote my book you like, stole my this, story you stole yeah. my story and she's like i didn't what 
I wrote about my life. (laughs) Or even how she actually shares about one woman who came to her sharing about how she had abuse and neglect in her relationship. And she had made up this whole story in her mind. Yet Elizabeth didn't say anything, but she comments in the book how far-fetched that woman's story was from her. But in this woman's mind, she really connected with Elizabeth's words. And that's just... Like how it came to fruition for her. Yeah, and she pictured that being her story. But and she pictured that being her story, and so the biggest key that I learned from this is that ideas are or creativity is useless without action. Yes, and that she does also talk about though that creative living is not only for the artists. That creative living can be for anyone if you're open to it. How right. she talks about that ice skating woman, right? Mm-hmm. Living the creative life is for everybody. First of all, I love, it's funny because I was talking um, like be, right after I met Shelly, but before we started talking about doing this podcast, I was talking to a friend of mine about how I wanted to start a podcast someday about living a creative life and how I really feel like we all have this creative spark inside of us. That's like a need, just like we need to pee and we need to eat and we need to breathe. Like we need to create. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I had those thoughts and then she fucking says the exact same thing in <laughs> her like, book. Yes! I'm like, yes, Confirmation. you agree with me. But it's so true. Like, I don't think that there's creative people. Oh, and the other thing I love, she says, is saying a creative person is almost a redundancy because mm-hmm. a human person is a cre- is creative. Like, you, like, yes, we are creative. We're humans. We're creative. And yes. So we're all born creative. If we don't create, if we don't, have some outlet for our creativity in our life we're actually blocking Mm -hmm. our creativity and I think it's unhealthy so yeah I love that she says like basically this is for everybody right one and we don't have to lead this artistic life we don't have to support ourselves through the art in fact it can be fucking hard to support yourself with your art and it can kill the joy and so maybe just do it for the love which I agree with that but also I don't fully agree with that your creativity can't support you because I believe that if you believe in your heart that your creativity will support you that it will but she does say how when people are like I'm quitting my job to write the book she's like don't do don't that. give up yeah. on that Ugh. right and she says she held on to her day job for like until a eat, long love. time until eat yeah until she was a New York Times bestseller even after she was selling books and mm-hmm. being a published author she just didn't trust that it was going to support her. Which again, that's a belief system. Yeah, and I do, right? I did have a little bit of disagreement on that with her as well. Just like, yes, but I, and I, I agree. Like that's a lot to put on your art. It is. And it can suck the joy out of it. And so you have to walk that very fine line between not asking too much from your art, letting it be joyful, letting it be creative and fun and not having that like, mm-hmm. oh, I have to do this. I have to write something that will sell or well, And it can take many years, like we know. It yeah. takes so long to write. It can take long, but sometimes you can write something and it's like, oh, this has come to me. Being realistic, yeah. but also right. optimistic. And the title, Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear, and how she really pairs fear and creativity, that they're going to go hand in hand. Right? Oh, I love what she says about fear, too, because I've have been feeling a lot of this lately actually is Mm -hmm. that sense of like fear behind making things and putting them out into the world 
as we're it's freaking yeah like as we're about to put our books out into the world this year and getting them edited it's freaking scary even sending it to the editor we were talking and being like criticize me please it feels so vulnerable it's like it uh, really well when i first received i told you sarah that contract and she has our editor has this six page list did you read through it of all of the things of like her expectations you didn't read it yet it gave me that resistance armpit sweating and like maybe i don't want to do this i don't know (laughs) and just (laughs) noticing that fear but i still was like no thank you i'm going to choose again and i am getting the editor (laughs) for me it was when she sent back the edited sample because how did it we sent her like great by the way oh good but i just it took me like 24 hours to even face it because yeah. it's scary and you think like what if what if she thinks everything is what if wrong? i write like shit and then she says that and i have to face that or whatever but then, hello we're hiring her we're paying her. i know and then that was the other i was like but i want her to criticize me because that's what an editor does is they find the little things to make your work right. better and you have to be grateful and 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 I am so grateful, you know, like I really am grateful that someone would take time to look at my work and tell me how to improve it. Because we, we want to have the best like, right. books going out into the world, not some like not just some mediocre crap. half edited totally. crap books. Like, well, in our editor even writes in her contract is that whenever you put anything into the world, and even with Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, there's going to be criticism. Right? There's going to yeah. be people, there's going to be lovers, there's going to be haters, there's going to be in the middlers. And people aren't always going to resonate with everything that we're putting out there. Just when we read a book, like you we don't were just like saying, everything you we read. don't really resonate yeah. with the whole like not allowing your creativity to support you, you know, thing. Right. So just like I think I saw this quote that says, stop trying to make everyone like you. You don't even like everybody yourself. <laughs> but it's like, right fucking right on that really is great and same thing with our books and same thing with our music like we get so hung up on like if people like it or not right and that's not it that's not why we're doing that like totally it's because it needs to be said and if people don't resonate with that and people don't like that Uh they can walk away from it well it's even like with painting so i off and on will go through these really creative bursts like I will be so painty. Is that even a word? I'm so painty. It is now. <laughs> I, it is now. It's in Shelley's dictionary, and I will just bust out. Like there was a time where I literally just I painted like nine paintings, and then I didn't paint anything for a year. And it's almost like I can feel that creativity or that inspiration or idea, whatever call it, whatever you want, and it just like lands upon me, and then I have to do it. Mm-hmm. But have you ever felt that you feel inspired, but then you're trapped in the doing and thing and you're doing cleaning the kitchen and then it just leaves you oh, it's like yeah. oh it's escaped me now i can't that <laughs> i totally this is the other thing i really resonated about in this book was her kind of it was it's almost like anthropomorphizing this idea that wants to be out what is that world. giant word that you just said like me? kind of making it into a non- human object into a human or you know like so sort of making it more yeah making it into a person almost where it's like this idea is like an entity and it wants to be born into the world but some ideas like that woman who would feel the ideas coming. Oh, yes. And, and she, she would miss a poet. it. Yeah, and she was yes. like running, running for the house to try to get to a pen yes. and a paper before the idea came because it would wash over her and then it would be gone. 
And I have had that feeling. I've had a song like come over me almost like it's Must almost, get out. I've called it like being possessed before because oh, I feel wow. like yeah. I'm possessed, like almost like the way, not in a bad way, yeah. not like a evil spirit or whatever, but possessed with a good, what, an idea. It's an idea. It's like and it's overcoming like in me and it won't, like it'll wake me up in the middle of the night and be like, write me, yeah, sing me yes. or whatever. And it just yes. won't, it's like haunts you until you get it out. And then I've felt that like I get it out and then it's like, it leaves. It's like, thank you, goodbye, you did it, good job. Yes. And so there's this sense of this, like, and I've called it the muse, or I've called it, like, different mm-hmm. things, but where it comes over you, and you have to create in that moment. You have to yes. write it, put it out, paint it, um, or it's gone. That's literally happened to me in the middle of the night where I wake up, and I'm like, <gasps> and it's this overwhelming feeling that I'm like, I have to write. So I literally keep a journal and a piece of, and a piece of pen and a pen by my nightside table and I click on my Himalayan salt lamp and I just yes. must get Write it out. out. Well, and I've been putting that vibe out for my memoir because it's been a year since I've written it and I just really need some guidance. I'm like, I need to know what needs to go in there. So I've been like every night before I go to bed, I just put that out that I'm, I'm going to be guided into what I need to write. And it's weird how some things will just... Mm-hmm. But that doesn't always happen. Sometimes it just comes and you don't even ask. Sometimes you don't question. ask. But I do think there's something to be said. And then she brings it up in the book about like proclaiming to those ideas, proclaiming to the universe that you I am a are open, that you or will I'm accept open. and that you will, you know, just and like almost like getting known as an artist to the yes. to the ideas that are out there is like they know they can visit you you become like a, a known creator someone who's mm. willing to take in their ideas and create it right on the spot and mm-hmm. don't like hang on because i know i've like selfishly held on to ideas for years well and like, then if you do though you can also lose them yes and she talks about that woman writer yes. so she met a writer and okay so just to give a little background elizabeth gilbert had an idea for a book and it was sitting in her. It had come over her like a big wash of inspiration with tingles. and But she didn't write the book. She just had the idea. And then she met this writer friend, right? Mm-hmm. It was a writer. Well, she did write. She wrote like three quarters of the book. Remember? I don't remember how much of it she wrote. But or, she or however had, much. She had like sketched out the out. Well, she right? wrote about it. And it was about like this middle-aged spinster who worked for this guy and that she was secretly in love with him. And then there was this mission. He, like, went missing. And then she had to go to the Amazon. He has to go to the Amazon to it deal with It was very specific. Stuff. But yeah. she was, like, from Minnesota and all these weird, like, exact details. details. Yes. And so she meets this writer. And Who she loves. Tells and she her, was, like, a crazed fan. Yeah, like, how much she loves her. And the art, and the writer, like, gives her a kiss. They kiss on the cheek. Sort of facetiously, like, oh, I like, love you, and too. She, yeah, she takes a step back. And the woman says, well, I love you, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, lo and behold, time goes on. And then this writer that she meets starts writing a book. And she tells her that she's writing this book. And she knows about it, but she doesn't know what it's about. She's like, I don't know if I can tell you what it's about, but it's really exciting. Because they become friends, but they're email friends. And they just email, email yes. each other. And finally, finally, it comes out. 
that the writer friend is writing about a middle-aged spinster from Minnesota who falls in love with her boss, who has to go to the Amazon to deal with all the of crisis. these crazy details. And, like the timing, the time that was set in the era was slightly different. Yes, there were a few details that were different, but it was the same fucking book. And even the woman, the author, I can't remember who it was, but she, Elizabeth, says like she is a lady, and she was like holy fuck yeah, <laughs> she like, was like she's like that is there's no way that that could have happened and then they came to an agreement that the idea was transferred in that kiss and that connecting yeah. moment because elizabeth's life like this crazy thing happened with her her husband got deported and she had to move away and she even had a book contract for that book but she let it go for like a year and, and the idea really yeah. wanted to be birthed into the world and it, and by her it friend. found somebody and then and, and that's that was, real magic, big right. magic and that's the magic she's talking about is mm-hmm. like these, the magic of the creative ideas that are just out there and that we can grab onto we can be open to they can move through us right and and i love how she says too is that she doesn't feel angry or upset because no. she feels like that she was sort of like the foster parent for that idea and she just held on to it long enough to yes. get to the right person because that story wouldn't be the same if it wasn't told by anyone but that author. Exactly. So I find that interesting too, is like maybe right. we can hold on to ideas until they find their proper owner. Well, and even she talks about how people get detoured by writing or being creative because it's been done before. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she talks about specifically Shakespeare. How Shakespeare literally redid everything in his own way and retouched on everything. And people span from that. And no matter if the idea has been out there, but there's this underlying fear coming from us that, oh God, we're not going to do it good enough. We're not going to, you know, our unworth and our fear just dominates us. But no one can do the job that we're going to do. So even if there is a similar book out there, maybe it's for a whole different audience. Like maybe it's by a man who is an alpine climber or something. You know, that same theme or topic written by Sarah or I is going to be way different and we're going to attract a whole different audience and connecting wise. Yeah. And I love what she said is that she's less inspired by originality and more inspired by authenticity. Like, yes, maybe that has been said before, but not by you. Maybe that has been done before, but never by you. And so you add your own piece into that. Like you are the thing that's original and that no one can replicate. And so... That's actually, like you said, she lists this whole thing of fears of what we are afraid of and how fearful she was as a child. And I seriously, every single one, I was like, oh, yeah, I have that. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh, shit. And it's like a long list. I'm like, I have all those fears, every single one. Like, I'm afraid my voice isn't good enough. I'm afraid of what I have to say isn't worthy to be putting out there. I'm afraid of hurting people or being vulnerable. I'm afraid of being exposed being and, naked for the world yeah, to see. Yeah, bare yeah. naked and no yeah. protection. And I'm afraid of um, not being enough, like it not being enough to support me. I'm afraid of all those things. It's just like, bleh, getting it out. Well, and it's like anything. We can choose to allow that fear to suffocate us and stomp us down. Or we can just tune into how does it feel when you are creating, when you are locked or immersed in those moments of playing your music or when we're writing or painting or even Elizabeth shares like in the beginning of the book about this woman who when she was a little girl she was an ice skater and she loved it and it brought her so much joy but then she just stopped it because she wasn't very good and then I think she was hitting maybe a 40th or a 50th birthday 
and she just decided, I love ice skating, so I'm going to take ice skating lessons again. Mm -hmm. And so what does she do? She wakes up at like 5 or 6 a.m. and she puts on her skates before she begins her day. And she's on the ice and she's that little free girl again. And then she, Elizabeth, rounds out with, this story doesn't end with this woman becoming an Olympic ice skater. She doesn't win the gold medal. She doesn't even, she doesn't do it for sport. She does it for joy. And it just, and she still does it today. And she just does it because that's her creativity. Yes. Oh my so gosh. Good. And I that brings up another point too is doing it for just purely the pure love mm-hmm. of it. And not because you want to make money and not because you think the like you want to help the world and not because you have like just because you freaking love want to. to create. <laughs> like, I love her I, her um, analogy of it being like this passionate love affair. Oh, yeah. Like, let's say you're a teenager with your boyfriend alone for 15 minutes. That. Like, you, you make out in the hallway. 15 minutes. You're not like, oh, we don't have time to you're do just... a proper lovemaking session. <laughs> you're going to fucking make, just out make out and, yes. like, do whatever you can get done in that 15 minutes. She's like, approach your art, your creative life the same fucking way. Like, show up. If you've got half an hour, like make love to your art for that yes. 30 minutes that you have. Like do it and the joy of it. Like she says, she takes a shower and gets dressed up and puts lipstick on and then sits down at her computer. She's ready for those ideas to like, come. Yes. Ro- it's like almost like romancing your creativity. Yes. And I really resonated with that because I think we get so bored with it or we think it's some task like we have to do. And mm-hmm. it's not. Like we should do it with this like vivacious like passion mm-hmm. for it well and if we don't have that then perhaps that creative outlet has floated off somewhere else that book idea that whatever it is and try try something new on or be open to accepting new idea bubbles or mm-hmm. just imagine these like bubbles floating around and some of them land on your arm and some pop and you're like oh that one's gone bye-bye yeah or some, some of just them soak like in. soak into your brain right <laughs> Yes, so true. And I and when she talks about like using different things for your inspiration, like, you know, not just getting stuck and kind of that same idea of like going out and living your life and getting your inspiration from all the things that you're doing. Right. Opposed to just waking up on a regimented schedule and doing this specific thing from like even writers sometimes will get in that funk of every day I'm going to write from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Well, there's going to be mornings where you wake up and that there's going to be nothing. You might be an empty canvas, an empty piece of paper. And maybe you need to go outside, take your dog for a walk or play with your kids or, you know, do change the scenery. Go for a hike. Plan a little weekend vacation. Yep. Yeah. Get out there. What about how do we deal with negativity from ourselves and our peers? Well, that's a hard one because I feel like there's this negative vibration out there for people that want to be creative there's sort of a lot of naysayers like oh you know oh that's just art or that's just you know creativity it doesn't really matter you can't really support yourself with that like mm-hmm. that's your hobby you know what else have you heard like so many just put downs on that. well I know my husband like I am I'm always I feel like I am such an open conduit for ideas I literally open open to all the ideas and I'll be like what about this and my husband has been with me for so long he's like oh one of your fucking ideas again <laughs> here, here it comes like you know we're I'm doing this now and this and 
sometimes my husband has a real hard time and he'll be like, not everyone is living up in the sky, Shelly. I'm living in the sky. Like, I will float around in the ethers all day long if I Go want to. Go ahead and be in the mud. And you, you know what? Know. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe every single one, not maybe, every single one of these ideas, whether or not they've landed with me or floated away, has gotten me to here, has gotten Sarah to here, to you listeners here. Like every idea lands us and brings us closer and closer to whatever it is we're seeking for or whatever our life is. It's just, it's part of our path and we can't discount it or, you know, let other people's negativity pull you down. I think one thing we have in common, you and me, Shelly, is we are like, Amongst other million things. <laughs> One of the things is we're dreamers and we're not afraid to dream and have the big ideas and just say. And say them out loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could make that happen. Yes. And believe it. Like I wrote in my blog about intention, inspiration, and intuition. Intuition. So good. Is like diving into your intuition to see what you should be intending and then fully intending it and believing in what you can do. You can't make stuff happen if you don't believe you can make stuff happen. So, Well, that can be a challenge, kind of rounding back to the fear thing, because the fear can hinder us from believing in things. It really can. Ooh, it yes. can literally come like a big claw hand. I'm thinking of the movie Toy Story, you know, that claw. <laughs> the and it's claw. like coming <laughs> down and it's going to grab you and, and take you away. So that can be really challenging. And I know I've struggled with that, like believing in myself even with like the releasing of our books and making our books. I think Sarah and I just had this connection. Maybe I I think I have a little bit more of like that stronger, we're going to do this personality. I'm like, Sarah, we're getting editors. And you're like, oh God, no, we're not. I'm like, yes, we fucking are. We're doing that. Like, Sarah, we're starting a podcast. You're like, maybe. Yeah, we are. I drag my feet for a little longer than Shelly. You do. That's okay though. I grab onto those big ideas, but you're, you know, you're right here with me. You're like, yeah. And then your ideas come in and we're just like this, like, unstoppable force yeah i think um i am definitely more cautious i would yes. say like i think like let's do that but let's like wait but you've had a real business let's wait six too. weeks and make sure we have everything yeah, and i'm like no let's line. do it tomorrow like, how about yesterday two weeks <laughs> how about tomorrow and then like we land in the middle somewhere you we know? do but it's... and it worked out and here we are yeah. what are we on episode 10 or 12 11 or, yeah or i don't know 97 we'll find out someday it'll be that <laughs> yes it is and we're pushing through and i was sharing this with sarah statistics show that most podcasts will fail within the first 12 episodes so i think we're about there so we're not oh, failing yeah. we are succeeding we're rising up we're rising up so what's like your biggest takeaway from this book like if you just had to say one thing mm, to allow creativity to be open to it. Yes, that's it, a good one. Yeah, not like stomp it out. And to know that creativity is for us all. It's not just for us dreamers and us artists or writers. That even my husband, who is literally the opposite end of the spectrum of me, of like creative things and like he's like, oh, drawing and all of the things. <laughs> and he he's creative in like how he cooks. Like he's a creative cooker. He's a creative adventurer. Yeah. He has his own creative ways. And creativity shows up in so many ways. Like how you dress yourself. Or like she was saying, like that yes. woman that gets tattoos. Oh, I love the tattooed lady. Like she decorates her body like a canvas. She's creatively living. You know, like there's more than just art and music and writing as ways to ex- express your creative side. You can 
express yourself creatively in all well, aspects of your life. And almost that woman to me, it was like she would get really overwhelmed in her life. And do you have you have some tattoos, don't you? I have no tattoos. Oh, you have no tattoos. No. Okay, I'm af- I'm afraid. Of okay, so that's tattoos. okay. <laughs> so a tattoo. So I used to have this huge thing like, oh, beauty is pain, and sometimes getting a tattoo, it's it, not sometimes it's fucking painful, especially if you have big colorful pieces. So they change from a small needle to actually like almost like this razor edge to fill it in and it fucking hurts so bad yeah and so tattoos can actually be like a form of self-punishment to me like in the moment like I'm like I must suffer for this and it's really this fucked up weird thing and I know it's it rings true to so many people well they say pain it is a there's a converse relationship between pain and endorphins where like you get mm-hmm. endorphins from pain like mm-hmm. there's that snapback almost yeah and so I do find I did get my body pierced in a couple of places when I was younger much much younger or your eyebrow I got my eyebrow and my belly button and okay. both times oh you rebel. I know right Not <laughs> I love it um both times there was this rush of pain followed by endorphins and then I wanted another piercing instantly yes. and I stuck with two but there right. was part of me that was like thinking of like 10 different ones that I would get oh totally and I'm glad I didn't because now I'm glad I don't have holes well, all over I me well I have but... this whole like <laughs> shoulder piece that goes to like three-fourths of the way down my forearm and it took three different sessions one four-hour session one five-hour session and one three-hour session and I remember after the second one I was like what the fuck was I thinking? This hurts so bad. Like, it hurts so bad. But the tattoo was only, like, outlined, and then half of it was colored in. I'm like, you well, can't fuck, stop I now. got this <laughs> So I feel like for that lady, maybe, that she talks about in her book, it's like, you know, maybe that's her way of, I don't know, like, maybe dealing with some of her pain or dealing with some of her overwhelm. And some of us do do that weird yeah. form of self-punishment or self-infliction of pain. We do. I mean, you. we've all heard about people that cutters, like mm-hmm. slashers, pinchers, you know, I've struggled myself with like bulimia and anorexia and all sorts of things. I mean, yeah. When the thing is, I feel like is to just tune into that and make sure that it's not something that is physically harming your body. Yes. But honestly, sometimes like when I'm writing my truth out, that's like, it hurts so good. You oh know what gosh, I mean? It does. Right? That's true. And there's a difference between that and like that self-infliction of pain. Right. Sure. So I feel like finding healthy ways to get that out and maybe experience whatever pain you're needing to experience, but in a healthy way. And, and perhaps if that's like a part of your journey right now, that really there are people out there that can help us. And there's mental health care providers that, you know, psychotherapists, counselors, or even a friend just like seeking help by communicating. Talking about it is Mm -hmm. finding someone that you can, that will listen, that you can share your deepest feelings without feeling judged. I think that's so important. So if, whether it's a counselor or a friend or a parent or sometimes even starting with a pet, I feel like a pet can be, I do. Yes. I honestly (laughs) do. Like, I feel like that's a way of communication. And if you're so you know, deep seated in your story or whatever you're experiencing. And it's really hard. It's really hard for a lot of people, you know, especially people who face depression, you know, they can get so down on themselves that, you know, they, they don't, they don't want to talk to anyone. They don't want people to know their pain and anguish. And Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I feel like you can do journaling or you can just, like you said, find a pet or a plant or communicate something. and get it out. Or even there's anonymous ways like on 
chat groups and things like that where you could maybe go to be heard, but make sure you have somewhere. Yes, and, get help for sure. And uh, have something to express your creativity and let that outlet right. know, come through. Well, so. and there's such this healing outlet of, of art. I remember in our school, there was actually a suicide from a few years ago, the school my children went to of an eighth grade student. And they actually set up, they brought in counselors and they set up canvases and paint and that was like a healing place that the kids go. And that is such, I don't know if you've ever done that, if you've been mourning or grieving. I actually suffered the loss of a really close friend. And my sister and I painted. And it was so mm. healing, that creative outlet, to like work through your grief and swish and sway to the mind. And I loved at the ending how Elizabeth brought in that whole section about the martyr versus the jokester. And at first I was like not comprehending what that was. But mm-hmm. to me, a martyr is a victim, and I could yes. resonate with that. Because martyr, I feel like, is more of like an old school term. But victim, victimry, everyone's got that victim mentality. Not everyone, but a lot of us do. I do, yeah. I feel like we all have it maybe show up in some place in our life. Maybe not, but... Or maybe it was a trickster, not a jokester. The trickster, yeah. So the, the trickster. trickster is sort of like, I think of it like this playful fox energy mm. that comes in. And it's like, how can I play with this how can I shift this and kind of make it a little less heavy yeah it is kind of an interesting concept because the first time I read it I did not resonate with it at all and I had no idea I'm like what the what's happening what are we talking about okay the victim I know that part but like rising above that and and maybe even being like curious to like why am I feeling like this why are these my tendencies like what can I do to to shift this in my life because most of us are raised like Louise Hay says who wrote you can heal your life we're all born victims of victims or we're martyrs mm-hmm. right which is crazy if you really sit and sit with that and just ask yourself without judgment or guilt or resentment or blame and just be like oh yeah what is there anyone who raised me or is there a part of me that wants to be victimized or be this martyr right and then being able to approach it with more of a playful, almost irreverent mm-hmm. kind of like, like no, I don't I want that. Will rise above, and yes. I will do this instead, and head this other like it's almost like the unexpected too of like just what is the least like straight laced mm-hmm. rote answer that you could find like that's the trickster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe just like, again, being curious with that, like, how can I bring that more trickery into my life other than that need to be victimized? And if that doesn't resonate, you can definitely like pull onto another word or something. Give it like a, like a prankster or a jokester. Yeah. Or Or lightheartedness. The the court jester that's always sort of in the background saying like, don't take your life so serious. Or that little girl or kid or boy who's just always questioning. Like Mm -hmm. I think of that, like. Instead of being like, oh, no, you can't do that because fear is in the way. You're not good enough to write. You're not blah, blah. Maybe there's that kid who's questioning, but what if you are good enough? But what if you do do it? And then what? And then what happens? What if you write the book and it gets published? Right. And then you turn into a writer. What if? What if? Yeah, I love that. I love that what if, what that questioning. Yeah. So it's that. like, why not? You know, there's some things that we need to be less cautious around. <laughs> right. Well, that can bring up a great question for the listeners to ask themselves and even us to like, what are you curious about? Like, is there something in your life that you've been curious about that maybe we're afraid to like 
because you had those self-limiting beliefs of, oh, no, I can't do that. Like, what is it? Is there like one thing that maybe ever since you were a child that you were always curious about? Right. But you, maybe you didn't believe that you had what it took or that you couldn't get serious enough about it. Well, let's not get so serious, right? Yeah, like, let's just be curious. And playful. Just go play. Almost like the cover of Big Magic, just like the splashes of colors. Yeah. So this book is really inspiring. And I want to say it's also very quick. It's a very quick oh, it's so read. Good. I think I listened to it in like two days on Audible. And it's, yeah, it's under, I think it's under, it's like five and a half hours. So I think this is a good one that we could get out of a five star rating. What would you rate Big Magic? It would be hard for me to dock it, honestly. Like four and four fifths of a star. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I, can't I, think... I feel like I'm going to give Elizabeth Gilbert a five star. She's yeah, a I can't writer, think of any and I reason. really connected with her and I... This book also brought me to actually, I listen to Eat, Pray, Love, which I love. And again, she reads that out of her voice, which is great. But we actually, Sarah and I listen to this on YouTube for free. If you have YouTube read, you can listen to it without commercials. But it definitely is more of that robot voice. But once you listen to it for a little bit, you forget about the robot voice and the message goes straight to you. Well, yeah, you sent me the link, but then I did end up having a an Audible credit, so I just oh, downloaded perfect. it. Oh, how was it being read by her? It was great, because I loved I her voice. <laughs> I bet it was way better. Okay, I bet it was way better. But it's totally. good. I have to give a shout out to authors who read their own books, and as opposed to having like someone else read it. It's got to be super hard, because I think we're going to have to go through this, too. Of we are. Reading our books for our listeners, and... But there's something so much more connected. You hear their voice. You can hear their demeanor because someone can read your book, but they don't know exactly what message that you're portraying. Maybe they do, but well, most likely they don't. As the writer, you know best what know. you meant when you said that I'm actually thing. really excited about that. Sarah and I are in the making of creating in our minds first a little soundproof box that we're going to record our books and our podcasts in. And yeah. so it will be really good quality, really a good sound quality. vocal room, vocal shed of some vocal kind. See, we're allowing this creative idea, idea to come, but we have to keep it alive or it will pass. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, many thanks to Elizabeth Gilbert for writing this amazing book and getting it out there that you can live a creative life no matter what you actually, quote, unquote, do for a living. Yes, you can. And just if you can be open to creativity, it can come to you. Yes. I loved the idea of like romancing your create your creative. Mm-hmm. Did you have what is your biggest takeaway, Sarah, from this book? Gosh, I would say one of them is just that idea of getting really passionate with, with like not letting it become. I tend to approach it. I think in the past with fear and with kind of drudgery, and I really think that that's inhibiting me a lot, and I need to let that go. And I need to fall back in love with some of the things that I wasn't fully in love with or letting myself be in love with. And like we were talking about my, I need to start doing looping because it's something, that's the thing I've been afraid of doing. Because I tell myself like, you don't have the technical skills to put all that together and know how to live loop in front of people when you're, that's when you play music like with yourself on stage live so you play like with the drum beat and then you get on and play the guitar beats and then you, and my self-limiting belief is, that I don't have what it takes, but that's not true. And that's where I'm curious and excited about that. And so I need to dive into that. And how so. cool will that be? You'll have your piano in the background and your drum in the background. I have some like electric guitar stuff. And the thing is, is someone like you is like, you're so in tune with your own music that even if you intuitively or impromptly, like just 
like put something in there like you're gonna vibe with it it's not gonna clash because it's your music yeah so that's another like you were saying like an opportunity to be curious but the thing is is if we have these ideas but without action and motion they can float away from us so it's really important for anyone who's listening to allow these creative ideas to come to you but we also need to if you're like me like Maybe make a list of something small and tangible you can do to work towards whatever that creative idea is. Well, letting that idea get birthed into the world. Don't make it get stuck with you. Yes. Because I have this idea of like these little souls that want to be born and then we inhibit them by like, Mm -hmm. maybe we agree to do that, but when we don't, we just hang on to it like, oh, I'll do it someday. Like, do it now. Well, just think of a seed that you plant, but you put it in a dark room and you don't water it. Yeah. Right. What's going to happen to it? And maybe it is just waiting for the right time and that's okay. There's this idea of like, well, there's these ideas that need to be birthed into the world. And And is there really ever a right time? I don't know. I feel like (laughs) for me, I know that's a cop out and it's a procrastinator's like dream to be like, I'm going to wait until I remember I thought I was like, I'm going to wait until I'm done doing hair and I'm done with my yoga teacher training and then I'm going to publish my book. Well, here's three years later and life happens and excuses rain down. And it's like, no, you just have to do it now. Right. Do Start now. one page at a time. One, yeah. one sentence step at, a, at time. a time. Yep. Just do it. Yeah. Well, we're so grateful for this awesome book, Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. Yes. And we are so grateful to you our listeners. And next month, our book club is going to be The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, one of my favorite authors. So if you want to start downloading that or buying that so you can read it. Or you can also go to your local library and check it on out there. Yes, whatever it takes. And we'll be discussing that next time. So we can't wait. Thank you so much for listening to Voices Rising Press podcast. We are so grateful for you And we hope you are gaining insightful content here. Please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. And you can read our blogs and follow us at VoicesRisingPress.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Voices Rising Press. Thanks for tuning in. We'll meet you back here next week.